My name is Marcos. And my name is Zach. This is Movies from the Middle Row, a podcast about movies made by people who love sitting in the middle row. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing pretty good. Sitting in my closet, just like last week. There is nothing weird in the background. There's nothing weird in your background either. Which is great. It looks like someone's about to put you in a bag. Yeah. Throw a bag. <laughs> it does. There is... So, because this is a podcast and you can't see me, if you're listening, I have a blanket just draped over like a coat rack and a and an exercise It looks like bike. a pillow fort. Like, it looks so. like he's making a fort. So maybe it's part of his new home theater setup. You know. It does kind of look like a person now that you said that. Just like <laughs> I can see the head and the arms. Like a Scooby-Doo ghost is coming behind me. you. Wow. <laughs> Let me know if it moves or anything. I'm watching it, but it's probably because it's falling over. We're talking about the Oscars today. You excited? I, I am. I'm, I'm getting ramped up for it. and Yeah. I'm trying to catch up. It's catch-up season, too. Or you try to watch as much as you can before the actual awards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm guessing whenever this comes out, it'll be obviously closer to the uh, live telecast, as they say. But, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. So there was... So, okay, so you sent me this article about AMC starting to charge fees for better seats. I haven't read it. Tell me about it. What is going on with AMC? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. And it, it's kind of had a lot of reaction so far, so they're probably going to end up repealing it. But um, so here is from Variety. So the country's largest exhibition chain is rolling out Sightline at AMC, a ticket pricing initiative based on seat location within the auditorium. So similar to music concerts, moviegoers will have the option to pay more or less for admission depending on where they choose to sit. So in effect, front row seats will be available at a lower price, while seats in the middle of the theater will be available at a higher price. So we picked the best time to call our podcast Movies from the Middle Row. Yeah, either the best time or we like... Cash in on it. Or we're... Yeah, either we... Our psychics, that's option number one, and we knew this would happen. Or we're elitists, and we <laughs> are movies from the middle row because those are the only seats apparently now that you can afford if you have money. Uh, yeah, I I don't like this. Horrible idea. Yeah. Horrible idea. What are your thoughts, Zach? Like I said, I think it's a terrible idea because it fundamentally changes what theaters have been. And unless it's been a premium format, the people who are early get rewarded with the best seats. Now it just turns it into a pay extra, get the best seat, walk in five minutes late. I don't, that doesn't strike me as fair and I think it alters too much the nature of when you get there i think it just they're going for the wrong they're trying to solve a problem with a wrong solution agreed yeah it feels like if you're gonna get 
people to come back to the movies, which I think is something we both want. Like, yeah, you don't do that by, like, making this tier system, basically, of, like... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we gotta pay more to get the good seats. Yeah, I just... I like the, the game of, like, having to plan ahead and you know if you Mm -hmm. can either through like getting to the theater early or ordering your tickets sooner i just like that more and i know that theaters are struggling so they're coming up trying to come up with how they can make more but yeah i would be bummed if they kept it 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 definitely makes it would make me think as much as i like sitting in the middle row and this and yeah. that's the name of our podcast it, it would definitely make me think twice about do i want to pay more than what it already costs right or maybe it's just like hey i really want to sit in the middle but i guess i'm not having popcorn which is also sad <laughs> it's yeah. just like but it's like so now when i just want to go out and go to the theater at any time now when I get to the counter I'm going to have to sit, they're going to have to ask where do you want to sit it just adds another hurdle to what should be just easy in go in and sit or does that mean that now I have to buy ahead because I have to choose my seat which I know already happens with the premium formats but that shouldn't happen with just standard the standard seating the standard showings in my opinion but so like we know that's a bad idea what just quickly like what do they actually need to do to attract more people because that's what they're trying to do but it's not going to work so what would actually work in your opinion gosh i have huge question no idea yeah i mean yeah i think i mean i read another article today that was like we need to make premium dining or like super nice food and still that one struck me as wrong like why you're that's not the focus of what we're here to do it's a nice convenience but to me i was like both of these approaches don't seem right to me Mm -hmm. yeah this is probably like a naive way of thinking but i just feel like we need to make like at this point going to the movies how do i say this is potentially like a kind of like a retro thing to do like Mm. that sounds really cheesy coming out of my mouth but like i i know what you're yeah like i like it's like going bowling or like it feels like there's two kinds of people broadly that that go to the movies and it's people that are going with a big group of friends to watch a big blockbuster movie or a big Marvel movie or just like basically franchise. And there's that, that smaller subset of people that, that just love the experience and, you know, depending on where you live, get to watch all kinds of movies, big or small from the theater and just love that experience. And so, yeah, we need, need to figure out a way to make it like more accessible so it's not just those extremes so that it's it feels like 
easy easier for people not harder to to yeah. want to go so yeah not solved and the one thing people don't want to do is spend more money right <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i honestly don't know what what needs to be done but you see the like strategies of like like the whole nicole kidman thing have you seen that preview mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah. the amc trailer of nicole kidman basically leaning into the magic of the movie's narrative mm-hmm. and like you know how it's magical to go and experience a movie in the cinema and but they're showing it in the cinema they need to just play that one when you're watching your tv at home to make you want to go to the theater yeah that's <laughs> that's kind of my point that i'm not articulating well is that like yeah bringing that idea more mainstream because even the people that like joke about that trailer like i don't know that most people know about that unless they have been to an amc recently and and they have watched it but i just feel like yeah making that idea more mainstream and just just talking about it as it is like another fun option to experience a movie in a different way and i do think people are gonna start kind of getting bored of just always watching movies from home that's the you know the way that i watch movies the majority of majority of the time but i feel like at a certain point it's going to become popular again but i don't really know who knows yeah i mean maybe it'll be like vinyl right yeah it's going to be a big boom resurgence in a decade or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly that's I feel like that's best case scenario is like making it cool again and right yeah making it accessible but yeah the money thing where it's like that's a great idea and all but I don't think it lends itself to like <laughs> making the most money you know what will excite people about going to the movies the Oscars is seeing Top Gun Maverick win best picture oh yeah maybe maybe <laughs> i haven't seen that yet i need to watch it oh my yeah gosh. sorry <laughs> sorry everybody saw that i know man i know i really want to but you know why i'm holding off it's because i haven't seen the first one you don't need to. oh really okay i mean my wife watched it and had never seen the first okay one and still liked it so there's definitely things you wouldn't get, like, but I'd say they're mine. Okay. I see why, as a purist why you want to see the first yeah. one. I'll give it to you. <laughs> hey, I mean, it could win. I'll, get, I'll give it you a pass. It could win Best Picture. No, but I was kind of kidding because, like, people don't really watch the Oscars anymore either. And so, mm-hmm. basically, this whole podcast is pointless. <laughs> Super niche, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. There are people who still go to the movies, who still enjoy going to the movies. There are people who still watch the Oscars like us. I genuinely look forward to it every year. I don't know how you feel about it. I do too, just because it's a big event. And I wouldn't say I enjoy every aspect of it. I think sometimes it's super cheesy and cringe. But just the fact that it's a celebration of hopefully what is the best is cool to see 
not only in maybe something that you never checked out that if it wins you're gonna check out now which is fun but just seeing the things that you love elevated can be cool too which is I think why a lot of people don't watch anymore unfortunately is the things that they liked don't always get nominated which is a different conversation but that's why I'm saying like Top Gun Maverick winning at least being nominated honestly could increase their ratings this year yeah I have so many like I don't know mixed feelings I I feel like the Oscars work the best when they are like for me at least just for me when they're like a celebration of movies and not so much like the making of movies or anything like that like I feel like the past few Oscar ceremonies have been like talking about the magic of the movies and stuff like that I'm not really talking about that just like celebrating like you said like what people have made the past year elevating it and yeah it's fun to see like the artists and the celebrities get together and it's one of the few award ceremonies I feel like that still carries some sense of like um weight to it I don't know like maybe I I don't know the history like maybe that has to do with how long it's been going on or or just finding its way into the culture but um Mm -hmm. although the past couple years just because of covid and not great numbers and the occasional occurrence where you know will smith slaps somebody on live television that stuff i feel like is not going in its favor but actually maybe it will help it <laughs> because it could. like if chris rock comes back as an announcer, i would love that even announcing just one award i would love that i think <laughs> well so will smith is banned right right for like 10 years okay so or that might be longer but it's a long time but he can technically still win okay weird all right well, anyway, he so I mean that's going to be the elephant in the room and I wonder how Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. I'm sure it's going to it has to come up. But if yeah. if Chris Rock came back, I think that would be huge. I think that would get yeah, people talking and that would like I mean just think about like the reaction to that. <laughs> I don't know if he will. I mean, I honestly think even if it's not in the scripted, it's going to be brought up somehow. It has to be, yeah. Like someone's going to go off the cuff, some comedian. Yeah, it has to be. Oh, man. Yeah, I still enjoy that, like watching it. And I, you know, it's one of the few things I watch live. And. Yeah, this is basically our Super Bowl. Right. For for the people. Right. Yeah, could not. Sorry to. You know, football Are we about fans. To trash no, not at all. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, that's that doesn't excite me personally. The World Cup does for him. Yes, yeah, World Cup is a whole different thing. Yeah, I, it's just the Oscars have always been, like, honestly, as far back as I can remember, in terms of like, like watching, from like when I can remember, like watching movies and stuff, like. I watched the Oscars, maybe not every single year, but I kept up mm-hmm. with them and, you know, forced my family to watch it with me. 
there it genuinely is is yeah. is an event that i look forward to and even if i'm not super invested in one person or one category over the other like i still get yeah. really invested and later we're going to talk a little bit more later about some of our some of our favorite like oscar memories and stuff do you want to get into our predictions let's do it yeah just so the way this is we're gonna do this is we're gonna go through each of the major categories that we think are interesting we're not doing all of them just because that would take forever but we're gonna basically try to predict what we think has the chance of winning and then we'll give our personal favorite or what we think should win so two different choices for each category for each of us so it'll kind of give you a flavor for what we're hoping is going to win outside of just what will probably win which is interesting but i think it's more interesting when we talk about kind of what we love more than what we think is going to win so yeah it's good to have it's good to have hope and then <laughs> have your hopes shattered dashed upon the rocks yeah, yeah. oh man so you made the order here is this the order of nominations that they are given like in the ceremony i don't know that okay. i don't think okay. so because they usually put it could honestly be though i, I feel like it is i took it from the website as far as in the order that that it came in and it i do think it's pretty similar but i think it is i think the only thing is that I think supporting role actors and supporting roles is first. It's switched. Yeah, but why don't we start with that? So the nominees for actors in a supporting role are. I feel like I'm presenting at the Oscars now. Brendan Gleeson for the Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, Barrett Keown for the Banshees of Inisherin, and Key. Hui Quan for everything, everywhere, all at once. I probably said some names wrong, but all right, Zach. Who is gonna win? Who do we hope wins? I feel like I have some some thoughts here, but yeah, who do you think? My initial reaction is I think that Ki Hui Quan is gonna take best supporting actor for everything everywhere all at once i think it was such a out of the blue performance that people didn't expect and in some ways it's also going to be a almost redemption yeah there's a redemption arc there people feel like he was neglected or whatever in the past because the history with him is he was short round in indiana jones in the temple of doom and all these years later he comes back with this great role and just knocks it out of the park so i think there's so much goodwill for that movie and he's one of the reasons so i'm gonna that's gonna be my probably most likely to win this is one of the few categories that i feel like is a lock of like this person's definitely winning and Hmm. yeah the narrative is so strong for for key and his golden globe speech was so good like the fact that not only he is he nominated, but that 
he's nominated in the in the same year that Spielberg is also nominated for mm-hmm. and has yeah. a movie out is pretty incredible. Like there's so much potential for what what they can do there even d- during the ceremony like showing yeah. clips from Temple of Doom or like clips of them together and like Yeah, and Harrison Ford might show up and something yeah, like that. Yeah, oh man, that that would be that would be great. So so you agree with that pick then? Yeah, I think that that's that's also my prediction. Um and I th- Is that who you want to win? I think so, honestly. I I feel like Barry Keown is so good in the Banshees of Inisherin and he's he's kind of doing the most in that movie, but he's I mean, he's just one of those actors that has been like kind of stealing the show in like the past several movies he's been in and he's been on the rise for a little while now mm-hmm. and I, I don't think he's gonna win but i just like like seeing him on here because i think he'll be somebody that'll be just nominated again in the future and potentially yeah. win because he's exactly. he's very good so i just wanted to kind of shout him out a little bit yeah for sure that'll be cool that'll be cool to see him win or see key win yeah i'm, I'm gonna say the same thing i'm definitely backing him so nice jump into supporting actors. yeah actress in a supporting role why don't you read them off so we've got angela bassett for black panther wakanda forever we have hong chow for the whale carrie condon for the banshees of inisharan jamie lee curtis everything everywhere all at once and stephanie sue everything everywhere all at once this one's a little trickier for me. So for this category, yeah, I think I think Angela Bassett has it. Mm. She won the Golden Globe. I think that that narrative of like being the first Marvel actor to win, I think would be pretty strong like in terms of somebody you know winning for their work in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the rest of these performances were good. I have not seen The Whale. Don't know if I'm going to, <laughs> just from what I've seen about it. But yeah, I mean, I think Carrie Condon's really good in The Banshees of Sharon. And I know that, you know, people have been talking about her, but I don't think it's strong enough for her to, you know, come out and win it. So I think yeah. Angela Bassett's my prediction, and then I think she's my pick too. Honestly, I don't know that. I think it's getting recognized for a reason, and to be able to give such an emotional performance in a Marvel movie like that, I think is worth noting, because I mean, not that Marvel movies are poorly written or anything. Like that's probably their strongest thing is like the writing for the characters and especially Mm -hmm. black panther has has really strong characters just as a franchise and yeah and i think chadwick's also going to be remembered this year and and honored in some way at least i would think with with wakana forever so yeah so that's mine yeah i'd probably agree that i think she's uh gonna take it and I definitely think it was good. I think that this will kind of be the way of that the Academy will honor Black Panther 2. 
because it wasn't nominated for Best Picture like the first one. Yeah. This will kind of be a how they honor it this yeah, year. Yeah, it's not it's not really anywhere else, is it? And maybe mm, costume. Besides costume okay. design, which she won, I think Ruth Carter won for the first one. Well deserved, but um, I I didn't feel like it was as strong in this one, but we'll see what the competition is. Yeah. As far as my personal pick, I actually think I would pick Carrie Condon. I think she was just a standout in Banshees of Inisherin. I thought that she held her own in the scenes that she had with, you know, the two legends or just like bigger actors of Colin Farrell and um, Gleason. I thought she was just really a standout. So that would be my pick. Yeah. You want to go to, let's do animated real quick. Okay. So I have not seen all these animated movies, but I'm going to read them off real quick and give some quick thoughts. I don't have a ton of thoughts here, but so the nominees for animated feature film are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. So my prediction is Pinocchio, and I was thinking, so the only other movie I've seen in this list of nominees is Turning Red and I really like Turning Red I felt like it was different from like your average Pixar movie I felt like aesthetically it looked different they were trying something new and I like that it depicted such like a specific culture and like cultural experience and just think it's a really good coming of age story too that's that's done really well I think that movie is more successful for me than Pinocchio was. Although from like a craft standpoint, like Pinocchio is pretty incredible to kind of watch. And I think that's been going in its favor all sort of award season. So I feel like that's going to win, but I think Turning Red is my is my pick. Nice. Yeah, I'd say Del Toro's Pinocchio is probably going to take it, just like you said, from a craft craft perspective, it's undeniable. I think the way that they combined, you know, practical stop motion with computer-generated effects was impressive for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was different enough take on Pinocchio that mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, here's another Pinocchio. It's definitely a distinct vision. Yeah. So I think it has a good chance. For sure. And uh, so a couple quick things. So I feel like something that I've struggled with Del Toro for his past few movies, and I don't know if it's something that's always been present in his movies, and I'd be curious to hear where you're at with him, but like, I think it's intentional. So I want to be careful in like critiquing it super strongly, but I feel like his movies lately have had this like meandering quality to them where they don't follow like a typical story structure which is fine but I find myself kind of engaged kind of at the start of of all of his last few movies Pinocchio, Nightmare Alley, Shape of Water I find myself like engaged in the world but then as it progresses kind of get less and less engaged I don't know why that is it's hard to pinpoint 
but I wanted to pinpoint that, and I also just wanted to say real quick that it would be cool if this wins, which I think it's going to, because the co-writer, Patrick McHale, is the creator and writer of Over the Garden Wall, which is a show mm-hmm. from Cartoon, Cartoon Network that's kind of become this like cult classic, um, which is a masterpiece, and I just like, I love for him to get a little bit more recognition from this winning but we're really fast where are you at with del toro since i mean this is like he made a movie this year it's not live action but yeah yeah i'd say i'm warmer on del toro recently i i got a disclaim that i haven't seen shape of water that wasn't one that particularly interested me but i really liked nightmare alley uh, and I recently watched Crimson Peak, which I know that may not be in the cluster you're kind of trying to pinpoint. I thought that was excellent. I watched that last year, and I I enjoyed it more than, like, Shape yeah. of Water in Nightmare Alley. I, I'd say I liked Nightmare Alley more than Pinocchio, even, but I think I understand what you're saying, but there's something also that's unique about him that's... For sure. Always interesting... Like, he plays with the same themes, but it always feels a little different. Yeah. So, I'm a yeah. fan. Cool. We can talk more about him some other time. I, w- I would actually enjoy that. For sure. Okay, let's jump into cinematography then. So, for cinematography, we have James Friend for All Quiet on the Western Front. And we have Darius Kanji for Bardo false chronicle of a handful of truths mandy walker for elvis roger deakins for empire of light and florian hoffmeister for tar okay so i have seen one of these movies what what are your picks (laughs) so i have also seen just two of them but i really i'll start with my self pick or what i hope wins I hope it's Bardo. I just watched that and was really impressed. Regardless of, I think, if it was a silent film, I would still have watched all of it and been just enraptured. But um, as far as who I think is going to win, I haven't seen any of the others. It's tough. I think Deacons has won too much. I don't think he's a lock just just because he's here. But I, I would predict that Bardo wins also okay wow yeah i i I talked about bardo i think at like our first episode but it's yeah the cinematography is is undeniable i mean i just i don't know that it succeeds enough on all the other levels enough for the academy Mm -hmm. to to give it to kanji but i don't has he has he won yet I would be shocked sure if he if he hasn't. This is, I think this was Inyaritu's first yeah collaboration with him, right? Yeah, if he hasn't won yet, I could see him winning just for that reason. It'd be kind of yeah. sad. And I think this is also the way. Yeah. The Academy's going to honor Bardo for nothing else. Okay. It it'll be. Yeah, nice. I mean it's it's definitely its strongest, like where the movie is strongest but it would just i would feel kind of something would kill me inside if kanji won for bardo i mean he has 
shot like he's a chameleon he's kind of he's shot some of the greatest movies ever like seven midnight in paris and it looks like he's gonna work with bong joon ho on mickey 17 uncut gems i mean he's 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 been doing it for a long time he did a more he's kind of he's i feel like he's almost the go-to cinematographer for auteurs who need like a really strong cinematographer but also a cinematographer that's going to be the most uh chameleon like like adhere to the style of the director rather than like in mm. like imbuing his own style he did the lost city of z maybe his best known work is seven um yeah, david fincher but anyway i don't know if he's one but regardless it would be cool to see him win so you're yeah i still thought it was a standout even compared to all his other work. yeah okay so that's your prediction and your pick yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've only heard stuff about All Quiet on the Western Front. I've, I feel like just from things I've heard, it has a strong chance, especially since it's nominated like a billion times. I just feel like it's it's bound to win some technical categories, and I think it's it might win this. I've also heard good things about Tar on the cinematography front, but mostly. I'm just kind of upset that the Batman didn't get nominated here. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that honestly is a glaring omission now that you say it. That was impressive. Yeah, it feels like nerdy to say that, but if nothing else, that's where I think it should have been recognized. Maybe in like sound sound design too, but cause it, just because I think on those levels, it's it's operating like so high for me like yeah so I, none of these really excite me a ton i i don't know if i have a, i mean bardo's the only one i've seen so i guess that's my <laughs> that's my pick <laughs> uh why don't we go into actors and actresses in a leading role next sounds good so the nominees for actors in a leading role are austin butler for elvis Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. So, it's a tough one. Yeah. My prediction is this is the one Oscar Elvis is going to win, and Austin yeah. Butler is going to take it away. I think, yeah, I haven't seen it. I feel like I should have by now, but everyone says that's the best part of it in an otherwise like kind of middle movie yeah and i think the academy likes big acting sometimes too they much. love biopics they want the rami malik yeah. the bohemian rap like this is the bohemian rhapsody pick all over again oh my gosh i'm gonna guess that's who's gonna win too so yeah i i like butler more than I mean, from his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood alone, <laughs> I would love to, yeah. you know, see him win. But I definitely like him more than Rami Malek and Bohemian mm. Rhapsody. I thought that, I mean, just that movie getting nominated for so many things and him winning was just a mistake all around. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked it personally, but... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to invalidate it. I'm just saying I liked the movie watching it, but I couldn't understand why it won Best Actor. Sure, sure. So... <laughs> Man, I was just, just trashing it, and... No, we never talked about I, it. I really we never talked about it. Just us two. But my personal pick would be Colin Farrell. Same. Yeah, that's that's my pick as well. Yeah. I think there's not much to say on that. I, I know we talked, I think, about kind of in Bruges and Banshees last week, but he was a standout. I think that he's still got more roles in him, but I think coming back to kind of his collaboration with Martin McDonough, this could be it. Yeah, it it feels like um, either for him or Brendan Fraser, like this, it could be like a kind of a, you know, two guys that have been in the industry for a long time. I mean, Brendan Fraser is more of a comeback story, mm-hmm. which I could see happening. Yeah. But so Brendan Fraser is more of a comeback story, which I could see that happening, but... Colin Farrell has just been doing some really good work, I feel like, and he's really, the trajectory of his career has just been really interesting, and seeing him this this past year in The Batman, which I loved his performance in, After Yang, which I thought was like a really cool, subtle performance in a little bit of a smaller movie, um, but a really good movie if, if people haven't seen it, and then... And then Banshee's just giving a completely different kind of performance. Yeah. I just feel like he has just gotten better and better. And this is a different enough performance than we've seen of him. And he's, not to give anything away, but he changes so much in the movie. I mean, from like where he's at in the beginning to where he's at at the end. That right. I feel like it could get recognized. But So that's my pick too. I feel like the Austin Butler thing. Yeah, the Elvis it's too thing. big. It's too bombastic. It's yeah, yeah. I feel a little bad I, for him because I think you're right that Elvis is not going to win much else. Yeah, I feel a little bad for Austin Butler. I mean, not that I should feel bad for him, but it, like, there's been so much. Like, virtually everything I see on social media about this movie has been about his voice and apparently him not losing his elvis voice i (laughs) i just think it's so silly like i feel like he he his voice has gotten deeper and he may have taken on a bit of a southern twang from being elvis for three years but like i i just i don't think it's having seen him if I hadn't seen him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I maybe would have thought, like, oh, he's just, like, doing his Elvis voice. But having seen him in that movie, I feel like I'm like, okay, he just kind of has a deeper, raspy voice that can easily be heard as having a southern twang, even though he's from, like, California or something. I don't even know where he's from. Yeah. <laughs> but, but... I feel, every time I see it, I feel bad because people—that's all they ask him about—and yeah. um, and I'm like, man, just 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 leave him alone. Can't wait to see him in Dune too. That's right. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump to actress in a leading role. So we've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riceborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. What do you think? Man, so I've seen The Fablemans and Everything Everywhere All at Once. My prediction. I feel like it's between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Um, it's definitely between one of them. But I haven't seen Tar, only heard stuff about it. Kate Blanchett has at least one Oscar already. And so for that reason, my prediction is Michelle Yeoh. I don't know. I think my pick is also Michelle Yeoh. I was not like crazy about everything everywhere all at once, like some people were. I love watching movies by the Daniels, like I liked Swiss Army Man. I liked everything everywhere all at once. I feel like they're still finding their voice, which feels weird for Pete for <laughs> like directors that have such a unique style. Yeah. Um, both of those movies, I feel like don't their conclusions. I feel like don't land emotionally as much as they should for everything that comes before it so like i really like want to like both of those movies more but michelle yo is great in it and she is i mean she's tasked with doing so much and communicating so much and like physically emotionally like she definitely, her her and Ki Hui Kwan obviously, obviously carry that movie, and especially like <laughs> there's there's a there's a scene or a couple scenes, um during one of the first fight scenes where she kind of like crawls or like walks, like squatted yeah. down. <laughs> it's like yeah. the best part. <laughs> she like, like I my wife and I tried to do it after we watched it, and we had a really hard time doing it <laughs> during this particular, uh like squat walk thing so yeah it goes to for that alone athleticism even in her right. old age i feel like. right yeah <laughs> so i think she's my prediction and pick what about you cool yeah i'm probably gonna say the same thing to add to that she won the golden cool. globe yeah but i definitely think there's it's between the two kate blanchett but I just think that Michelle Yeoh hasn't been recognized enough yet, and I think this will be just the way of honoring her. So I'm going to yeah. agree. That's my prediction and pick. Nice. We haven't had too many um, disagreements, disagreements yet. Disagreements. Yeah. We'll see when we get to Best Picture. Yeah. Other than when I like started bashing Bohemian Rhapsody, and I just <laughs> that wasn't even the found story. out it was your favorite movie, apparently. Oh, boy. Here we go. The exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> well okay so this next category i feel like is where i start getting more excited because i think they they did a better job like nominating if that makes sense not that the other ones were bad but so directing is the next category and uh maybe just because i've seen more of the movies the nominations for directing are martin mcdonough for the banshees of Inisherin. 
Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar and Ruben Osland for Triangle of Sadness. What'd you think, man? This one's hard. This feels like one of the harder ones. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of good choices, and there's a lot of maybe movies that weren't nominated as much that maybe this would be a way of, you know, honoring just that movie instead of giving it other categories. My prediction is I think that this is going to be a swan song for Spielberg. I think it's been a while. I think the just the Academy wants to honor Spielberg. It's a movie about movies, and they love those. So that's going to be my prediction. My heart goes with, I think, Dan the Daniels for everything, everywhere, all at once. I think that if we're talking about directing... I think it's extremely original, even if you don't like it. It's extremely particular, and I think they did so much with so little. So that's why I say that. So I think that they had a very distinct vision. They were able to execute it very well, and I was especially impressed with their ability to do basically in-house special effects, which honestly I think were, as far as major movies go the top tier for me so i think just thinking about what the director does i think spielberg's got it but i really think if i were wanting to honor somebody who hasn't been honored before i would go with the daniels it's a good pick it's a good pick yeah i so i think this could be a category and i think historically it's been a category where they kind of honor a movie or a person that doesn't end up winning Best Picture. I can't think of any like specific examples, but the reason I think that is because I think, not to skip ahead, but I also think Spielberg's going to win Director because Banshees of Sharon is going to win in another area. But... My, oh, that was a tease. Yeah, my... <laughs> <laughs> I know, what could it be? <laughs> no, my... So, yeah, it's... Honestly, my pick is Spielberg as well. Like, I... Not a bad one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we had a whole... We did a whole episode about Steven Spielberg where we talked about the Fablemans and, and kind of ranked our our top five Spielberg movies. And I just feel like aside from just being Spielberg and it having all of the tenets of a Spielberg movie and being obviously well-directed, he also just kind of entered a different space. I feel like emotionally with the making of this movie and it being autobiographical and, it being one of his most vulnerable and like honest movies mm-hmm. that coupled with like the honoring of like a legend and honoring the old guard, I think is going to win him this. Yeah. I, I do think that the Daniels could be like a surprise. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe the Fableman's wins best picture and uh, the Daniels 
take this, which I think would it would be it would be earned. It's not like it would be unearned. Do you think that's possible, or like those are the two, or would you throw in banshees or something else? What would you? I mean, I've, yeah. Again, I've heard good things about tar, so like, but I just don't think that it's as strong for tar and triangle of sadness. And I feel like banshees is winning and is going to win in so many different areas. It's really well directed, but it just doesn't strike me as something the academy usually recognizes for directing but i could be wrong yeah i don't know i this is a tough it is yeah i think spielberg's a good lock but it feels like one of the most contingent ones on other things happening yeah like yeah yeah i feel like i could i could i think everything everywhere is gonna take editing and it could take this if it doesn't win anywhere else but it's also has like a lock for supporting actor and like pretty much lock for for lead actress so so maybe that kind of cancels out and they and they don't win here but yeah this one's tough because we didn't predict that tar was going to win anything yet yeah if it doesn't win this what else is it gonna win like it feels weird that they would totally lock out tar it I so I could it, it it's weird. It could happen, like, yeah. I think it's gonna be Spielberg, but this one yeah. honestly, I feel like they're all worthy and Yeah. It's yeah. tough because again <laughs> Yeah. And stuff does get locked out completely. Like mm-hmm. as far as one year something will come and it doesn't win anything, it's just nominated. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm gonna come back to this category once we talk about right. best picture, but but why don't you read the next category yeah. since it's your fave? <laughs> so for music, original score, we've got Volker Bertelman for All Quiet on the Western Front, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon, Carter Burwell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Son Lux for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and John Williams for The Fablemans. So I, what you think? over the past two days or so, have been, I I listened to all of them because I wanted, not just for this, but I I always like to do that. I want to feel out all of them, give them all a fair chance, even if I haven't seen the movie. It's one of the rare, rare categories where you can do that. I feel like, yeah. right, <laughs> yeah. As far as my prediction, I am gonna predict that. Justin Hurwitz takes this for Babylon, and this is going to be yeah. the Babylon or Babylon's only win. Yeah, yeah. What's your? Pick? I don't really have um other to add than that. I think it's the most loud one as far as the trailer had super interesting music, or it it kind of drew you in. And I know that movie hasn't been getting really much awards talk. So I could see this being the only thing it gets, but I genuinely it, it's going to be my pick too. Um, I think that most of them are good, but as far as like variety and just complexity, I think that Babylon should take should take it. It's the one that once I finished listening to all of them, I wanted to go back to that one. Hmm. 
so that's kind of what I base cool. my decision on. But what do you think? Cool. Yeah, I I love Damien Chazelle, Justin Hurwitz. I'm pretty sure he has been nominated twice and won twice. Is that right? Or is it three times with Whiplash? He's he's at least one for La La Land and First Man. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, he is just yeah. So he's won two Oscars. It was for La La Land. First Man. So he won for best music written, so score, and also best original song. Oh wow! Okay. So that's all he's been. That's all he won. Gotcha. He was also nominated. Or, yeah, Babylon. Okay. So okay, so he didn't win for First Man. I don't think he did. It doesn't even say he got nominated. Oh wow, interesting. That that is a that was a snub then because. But he did win the Golden. That Globe might be my favorite for of his. First Man. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean he. I love that score. First Man, I think was severely like underappreciated at the academy mm-hmm. awards when it came out like i i haven't seen babylon yet but i'm sure you know i'm sh- and i haven't listened to the score but i'm sure it's are you waiting to see it or are you uh probably yeah yeah if i get around to it but yeah it'd be cool to see him win i yeah i really like him and the work he's done and i think that's my prediction too i think like you said it's it's not going to win anything else at this point. Didn't get nominated for Best Picture or like many other categories. This is probably the one thing that it will win. My pick, I mean, I feel like I have to say it because it's the only one of these that, well, I've seen everything everywhere in Banshees. But The Fablemans I thought was really well scored. And it's one of the only movies on here that, as far as I know, that uses a lot of silence and uses a lot of like like one of the one of the constant pieces of music is like Michelle Williams playing the piano in the movie and mm-hmm. so there's like a couple of those that carry the movie score wise but but then I feel like when it comes when the score comes in it's it's really powerful and the theme is so like classic and it's very John Williams-y, but right. but it's also really like nostalgic. I don't think I don't think he'll win, but but I think I'll make my pick. The Fablemans, cool. Johnny Williams. Jumping into best picture then. Best pick. The Granddaddy. Let's do it. So I can read the nominees. Yeah, don't read the producers. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's the big one. So the nominees for best picture are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar the Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Okay, so this is where I feel like it gets interesting because I think the top two contenders are also my top two picks. Have not seen Women Talking, have not seen Triangle of Sadness. I already mentioned, haven't seen Top Gun. I'm sorry. It's a shame. That would be crazy if Top Gun won this. <laughs> like, it went nothing all night, and then, like, 
and then Tom yeah. Cruise, you know, wins an Oscar at the end. That would be he parachutes pretty awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flies a plane, it lands a jet <laughs> onto the stage. Yeah, if something like that happened, I would like not be upset. But I think it's between the Fablemans and Banshees, mm. and for me, the Fablemans is the stronger movie, and has the like i guess whatever you want to call it more traditional is a more traditional kind of movie that the academy recognizes but i feel like the past several years they've they've kind of been better at recognizing more foreign films and recognizing a lot more like different kinds of movies other than your like quote unquote mm. oscar movie with like seeing Parasite win and Moonlight, Shape of Water, even going back Birdman. Yeah, I was gonna say even going back to Birdman, that was like kind of an art house movie done on like a really big scale with a big budget, you know. And that's kind of been what they have been recognizing more. So for that reason, I my prediction might sway towards banshees or everything everywhere all at once and banshees kind of i think sits more in that category of like oscar movie just because of its themes and its performances but it's also not like it's got like really dark humor and is like kind of inappropriate at times and is kind of hard to watch at times and so and just mcdonough's like sensibility I feel like is not is 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 unique to the Oscars as well. So, all that to say, yeah, I think it's between those three. My personal pick would be the Fablemans, but I think the Banshees is gonna win. I mm. think it's kind of gonna be like it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a big night for Banshees to finish here in, in some way, shape, or form. That could be completely wrong. They could win, like. Yeah. nothing but and then i think everything everywhere all at once is kind of a sneaker one like it's honestly has a good chance of winning best picture if mm. banshees and fablemans like take other categories yeah take other categories or just kind of cancel each other out yeah. so that was kind of a lot but those are those are my thoughts yeah i'm gonna take a contradictory wow point on this you're one. going elvis i don't think the banshees has a chance really i just don't think it's like likable enough or but it has gotten like nothing but good reviews it's one of the most well-liked movie this year across the board i know i just i don't feel it like going on intuition i liked it it, but i would never have voted for it for best picture okay i think it's definitely good but it's almost like I keep going back to the Academy wants to honor this or that. In this case, Martin McDonough's already won for three billboards. I just, to me, I think, I think there are other choices that when I look back in just in the more recent years, the feel-good pictures are winning. And... 
Banshees is anything but that, unfortunately. You know, regardless of if it's better or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I think that's the trend, unless something goes the other way. No, I mean, you have Green Book, you have Coda, and those are maybe the two most recent. And Parasite was was an aberration of that. Yeah, that's true. I think both things we have said are true. Did Three Billboards win Best Picture? I think he no. won director. Yeah, he just won director, and he got nominated for Best Picture. That's right. Yeah. I remember that one being very oh, sorry. big that year. He did not win Best direct. He Best Actress and Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Okay, that was the big one. Yeah, so that was Sam Rockwell and Francis McDormand winning. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so that's, I think, part of the whole McDonough not really being recognized yet personally by the yeah. oscars has it, it going in its favor Globe. right yeah i i think he's got screenplay yeah. and i would agree with yeah that. i think he's got that one and he's got best picture yeah if they end up going that that way it's just it's just one of the few movies that i think has been the most consistently well reviewed and like you said for a movie like that to be to be so well liked and basically not have a ton of negative feedback has that going in its favor it's it's so hard to say like these things obviously all of these predictions are like could go completely wrong like and things could change in the next few weeks exactly things could change the academy could could change but that's one thing we know is that like even though you still have your green books, you still have... I mean, I never saw Coda. I don't want to talk... I don't want to say anything negative about it. I thought it was it. good. I was glad. Yeah, great. I was just going to say, like, the Academy's broadened out and welcomed in more, like... It welcomed in different voices. You know, I think that, that makes a difference for, like, for the voting. So, yeah. So your pick... Did you say well, your pick? I, ha- I haven't gotten to either of my picks. That was just my non-pick. That was your non-pick, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man, no, tangent. So my, I have a, a maybe a little out of the ballpark or a little Right, out yeah. Of what are you going to say? Just say it. Enough I'm with my sports analogies. Anyway. <laughs> this is not a sports podcast. <laughs> I would predict, and I've been predicting this since I saw it, that this is going to win Best Picture. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I just feel it. I feel like it's the movie that, even though it's came out so long ago, basically it came out after last year's Oscars. That's the hardest to win, but for some reason it still feels like it can. I think the, the goodwill for all the actors in it and just how it is one that leaves you feeling warm at the end mm-hmm. is the reason it's going to win. Yeah. I don't know if it actually will. Yeah. I think that would be like, just to be different, I'm going to say everything, everywhere, all at once. And No, I don't think that's... that's it, I just, I've just had the feeling. Yeah, I think that's a strong, <laughs> strong possibility. Like, I, yeah, I don't think that's yeah. out of the box at all. Or sorry, out of the ballpark. <laughs> I think that I I think that's a strong possibility. Yeah, I think it's probably the movie that 
encapsulates our moment the best in terms of like yeah what is like popular right now or not even that but like there's a certain self-awareness about it a certain memeiness about it the like alternate reality plot line mm-hmm. um yeah. obviously that doesn't happen without marvel and like yeah any of that stuff it's produced by the russo brothers like there's so many so many things about it and and how like well loved it is we've talked about letterbox before on this podcast and i think it's like one of the like or if not the best reviewed movie on letterbox right. for a while at least it was yeah it's it's been doing something in the culture for sure and i could see it winning for me as long as spielberg wins for a director i would be okay with that but you might be right you might be right i do think it's between that and banshees i secretly well not secretly now that i'm announcing it on the pod hope that top gun maverick does win wow i would honestly just love to see that if yeah it's a crowd I think everything else that we like is going to be honored elsewhere in some form. And the fact that it's not really anywhere else but editing, I would just love to see it. I think it's going to be, and you know, this is an interesting conversation of should we truly award the best thing or should we award the thing that we want to look back on and remember? Or do we want to like award the thing that's going to bring people back to movies you know you have to get into that objective what do you what do you want the objective of the award to be but i would just love to see it because this was also one that was has had a claim since it came out right it was a summer blockbuster it had a top name actors and you know it was a politically neutral movie so <laughs> if they want to bring people back to watching the oscars i think this would be a great way to do that so that kind of has an ulterior motive attached to it i do think it's worthy to win i think it was genuinely a well done movie for what it's doing so that's my pick as far as i would be fine if it won and i would think it'd be cool so you're saying top gun maverick winning the oscars would bring america together it bring would. everyone back to the movies it would prevent civil war. It would, and people would start paying f- and stop sneaking in concessions to the theater. <laughs> I think if Top Gun wins, then Tom Cruise should like donate like a million dollars to every local movie theater or something, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Like like that 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 whole like ad campaign or like marketing campaign of like him like jumping off planes and stuff to advertise for i guess that was for mission impossible but still like yeah it's the whole tom cruise of it all yeah but honestly top you could argue that top gun saved in quotes movie theaters this year in that it brought people back for a big event I think it kind of reminded people, it primed people to come back. And Tom Cruise waited for theaters to be open again. (laughs) He he the Paramount Plus was trying to drop it on streaming. 
but Tom had the he had them by gumption to wait, yeah. and we should honor that. That's what I say. <laughs> wow, man, sounds like you want to worship him. <laughs> Tom Cruise is our no, savior. No, I am not a part of Scientology. <laughs> there it is. It had to be said at some point. No, dude, I I love it, man. I would, I would be happy. Yeah. But you got to see it. I know, I have to. You got to see it before it wins. And I would have seen it if I had seen the first one. I I probably would have, like, been more intentional about seeing it in theaters. But anyway, I'll watch it. Yeah. No, I think that that could definitely happen, too. I want to say it's a weird year for the Oscars, but... but Every year is always kind of weird in some way or another. But this year feels different in that there does feel like there's very few, just to kind of encapsulate our conversation, it feels like there's very few absolute locks. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. that one performance that is definitely going to win or that one movie that's winning Best Picture or, you know what I mean, or like one or two movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, honestly, other than... Ki Hui Kwan for like best supporting actor, which yeah. is the first <laughs> yeah. award given. Like I can't think of, of too many other categories that feel like a for sure lock, which could make for an interesting show, you know. Right. When they're locks it's boring. That's true. That's when the show is uh now we get to see them win. You know, everybody's been saying they're going to win for 3 months. Yeah. How, I can't hear this again. I know, yeah. Like right, right. Yeah, I I also want them to like I don't know, aside from the Will Smith thing, the show last year also just like wasn't that great by itself. And I love me some montages. Like I want to mm-hmm. see yeah. A lot of montages. I'm glad they're back to like one person hosting cuz I feel like Having yeah. nobody host was kind of weird, and then having three people host was kind of weird. Like, just have one host and just keep it simple, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, show clips from movies that came out. And yeah, there's so many opportunities to honor people here. Spielberg, Top Gun being a sequel to an '80s movie, like everything everywhere all at once, just by itself has so much in it to like show off. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. During the show. Yeah, what do you... Is is there, I guess, kind of a wrap-up? Because we've been talking for a little while. Anything you're particularly particularly looking forward to for Oscars night? I just look forward to the night in general because, like, we kind of turn it into a all-night event. Yeah. So we kind of try to turn it on before it actually starts. And, you know, we make a bunch of snacks i'm telling you this is just like the super bowl you know for me so you know we get out the bowls of chips and make stuff and so i just like turning (laughs) a night into yeah you know whether what what we want to happen does it's just fun so honestly that's what i'm most excited about but i'm not like super rooting for anything like i'd be fine with whatever wins i think there's a lot of good stuff but i i would like to see michelle yo win i think I just think, just to see her stretch her legs in a more dramatic role, maybe, than people think that she could do. Because she she really comes from martial arts. But I think it's really cool. So, I would love to see that. Are we going to watch them together this year? 
What do we need to do to make that happen? <laughs> do like a live stream or a live watch along? <laughs> In person. Oh. We'll talk about it afterward. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, when I wa- when I've watched it the past few years, it's typically been me by myself, my wife maybe popping in every now and then, <laughs> yeah. and uh, <laughs> just scrolling through Twitter, watching people's reactions. So if we don't watch it together, I'll definitely be texting you during. But yeah, man, that'll be fun. All right. Well, any closing thoughts, Zach? On the Oscars, predictions, nominees. Keep the Oscars name out your mouth. <laughs> wow. I did not know where you were going with that at first. <laughs> then I, <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's... Ugh, I, I don't have a response. I would slap you if I was Let's in, hope it with you in person. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Get Chris Rock up there. Just yeah. Get him to make it a joke and we'll all move on. We need closure. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if Jimmy Kimmel freaking does some stupid bit where he has some person come up and pretend slapping, yeah. I might uh, get I might have like PTSD or something. <laughs> 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 like watching that was so stressful and confusing yeah. and just like the whole like country I think just collectively cringed. And um, for days after too, it was like a prolonged slap. Gosh, the memes that came out of it (laughs) were pretty amazing. (laughs) But I just watched, (laughs) I just watched one. I just watched a meme of the Will Smith slap recently. That was like somebody created the Will Smith slap POV in Meta. from chris rock's point of view (laughs) so it's just like you're just standing on the stage and it's like complete darkness and he's like making the joke and then you see him walk up and (laughs) man the the things that have come out of it are pretty special but yeah i guess i just hope jimmy kibble doesn't say anything stupid and you know that it's somewhat enjoyable to watch it's crazy how the past few shows have been not that great but i can never not watch it you know what i mean it's just like yeah it's you're there for the plane crash exactly i wish it wasn't always quite a plane crash but hey that's what we're there for we're there for the good and bad exactly the good bad and the ugly well this has been our conversation on the oscars thanks for listening and thanks for listening to our podcast if you've been listening so far and you've enjoyed our past few conversations uh let us know whether on social media we should have uh socials running uh by now you can find us on facebook on twitter and uh you can even find us on letterboxd yeah so we'd love to get more people on letterboxd just as a platform because it's a fun fun thing to do and we'll be sharing kind of like uh, movies we talk about in these episodes and like we'll make some lists for for certain episodes too but yeah so find us on letterbox at middle row pod and i think it's that same at for twitter and facebook 
Yeah, we need your feedback, so leave us reviews and tell us what you want us to talk about more or less. or For sure. So Just go easy on we'll us. Take anything, but definitely follow us on Letterboxd. We're going to try to do a lot there, I think. Well, thanks for joining us in the middle row where you don't have to pay extra for middle row seats. We'll see you next time. I'll see you in the front row. And just want to thank Peter Hoover for providing the music for this podcast. You can find his music at 80wattbulb.bandcamp.com.